Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Bazette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined by a lot of people today, so many that we don't even all fit on the same screen, so let's go ahead and look at those other folks. First, we have Don Pizzette. Don, how are you doing? I am doing great. A lot of cool stuff going on this week, and definitely excited about having a record-setting, uh, what do we have, five people on the podcast Ooh, simultaneously? At least, so far. It could, get, it could go I up I thought you there. meant viewers. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We've got more more people on camera than we do viewers. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. <laughs> uh, that's Daniel Lowry over there. Daniel, how's it going? I'm just hoping we can get into Ripley's with that kind of numbers. I yeah. don't think that'll do it. <laughs> and uh, then down in the corner, we have Anthony Sequeira, who is, you've been on the podcast before, and you're, you're an IT Pro TV entertainer. How you doing, Anthony? Doing great. This is my second time on Technado. Very excited. Yeah, we like to space those out about every two years. <laughs> and he hasn't Correct. mentioned disco balls yet. So. Appar- yeah, That's right. Yes. After my references to the human genitalia, I had a waiting period of 14 months. Uh, speaking of records, Daniel, this could be the record for how quick into the show I have to mark the not safe for kids button on YouTube. So thank you, Anthony, for that. Uh, and we are also joined by a good friend of Anthony's, and that's why Anthony came on as well. Uh, our Anthony's friend is Jason Gooley, who is a technical evangelist at Cisco. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, how do you have time for this with two CCIEs? It seems like that would take up all of your time. <laughs> yeah, see, you know, it, it took up most of my life and and most of my hair as well, ah. as Anthony can attest to. Uh, uh, it was it was a rough patch to get there. See, see, we, we you know, I see, yeah, it was a full afro. We're, we're in the club together. I know the hurt. <laughs> the hurt yeah. club for men. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to get into today, and we're going to go ahead and start a little bit different today. We're going to talk about an origin story. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This is a pretty hardcore origin story. All right, Jason, I am told that you have a pretty hardcore origin story. I assume that um, Anthony created you in a lab or something like that, but why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started in tech and how you got to where you are today at Cisco. Yeah, that's that's actually it's a pretty interesting story. Um, so when I was really young, I was 13 years old, believe it or not, and uh, a good friend of mine, uh, his mom was a computer analyst, and he would steal her books and teach himself DOS and Windows 3.1. And uh, I he calls me up one day, so you have to come over and learn this stuff and check it out. And I was like, you know, all right, well, whatever, okay. So I go over there, and uh, he starts showing me how to how to you know create folders and delete files and stuff on DOS and I think back then it was DOS six two two, and uh, and then he's like well check this thing out it's Windows three one and then Windows three one one for work groups and we're clicking on things and the most entertaining thing I think we did was we we programmed a circle in QBasic and uh, there was an old application and I don't know if anybody remembers this but it was called Wicked Windows and you would put this application on and you could throw like daggers and cats out of a catapult at the screen and all this weird stuff and at a 13 14 year old age i mean that was that was it was the best thing to do when you when you have all that time on your hands um and it it was interesting as as i kept going with it uh, i started learning novel and we were learning novel three from his mom at the time and we just really loved it so much and i remember that uh i I had this go-kart that i was trying to get running and i couldn't get the thing to run very well and uh his mom's boyfriend at the time did small engine repair and she'd come to me one day and she said, hey, you know, I, I know you've taken a liking to doing computers and you have a big interest in it. How about if you give my boyfriend that go-kart, I will give you a brand new computer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what the heck, man? It doesn't run anyway. A couple ex, you know, expletives <laughs> in there that uh, I said, right? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't run anyway. So I did that and I got my first computer, which was an AST 386 SX16 with four meg of onboard RAM and a 20 megabyte Seagate hard drive. Talk about old school. Nice. Um, so I, I, that was my there. first, that was my first computer. Yeah. So hold on, um, hold on. So, I, I need to ask here. Was, was that friend Anthony then? Is that, was that where he comes in? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Was there a no. turbo button on your computer? There, there, there was not a turbo button. There was just a big toggle to turn it off and on. And that was about it. I don't even think it had a reset button, but what, it did have a key where you could lock it where oh, it was, yeah. you couldn't turn it on and off, which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so I, I started with that and I, I kind of stayed in it. And um, I remember it was 1997 
and I heard of this thing called Cisco. And I was going to school uh, uh, at this vocational school to try to learn, you know, just networking in general. So I went and I got my Microsoft mouse certification for office applications and got my A plus certification. And, you know, I heard of this thing called Cisco. So I figured, well, what the heck, you know, I'll, I'll start dabbling in that a little bit. And I was, I was finishing up my, my CNA and 411B and Novell. And I started dabbling in Cisco. And back then, you know, when you're trying to buy equipment, eBay was just fairly new. And I think I spent, I think my dad spent, I should say, I borrowed like $5,000 from my dad to buy, you're all going to fall over. I think it was two 2501 routers with 60 pin serial connections between the two, a CSU, DSU, and it was like a 1924 switch by Cisco. And I think that was $5,000. Man, those 2500s so, were tanks. If you still have them, oh, they man. probably still run. <laughs> they still do, yeah. I, I think they're iOS 10. <laughs> That was it was so old school. I, it was it was amazing. So I, I started playing with it and learning. I ended up getting my CCNA in 98. I think I got my NP in 01. And then I said, one day I'm going to get my CCIE and I'm going to go work at Cisco. And it took quite a long time. Um, but in 2013, I ended up actually getting my CCIE. And and, and I think I passed uh, it was March 29th, uh, which what yesterday was eight years for me. So March 29th in 2013. And then by July 8th, I was working at Cisco. And then um, in between that, I went to my very first Cisco Live where me and Anthony were, were, were tearing it up and uh, having a good time with a bunch of uh, close friends. And uh, yeah, and that was it. I, I ended up coming to Cisco. I was an SE. And then I, you know, I had a, a group of uh, accounts. And then as, as it fast forwarded a little bit on, I started uh, focusing more on uh, some of the higher level routing uh, and switching things for some of our customers and, and EN as a whole. And then I became one of the the, the global IWAN adoption uh, folks for, for Cisco when IWAN first came out, the, the very first SD-WAN. Uh, and then I just kept going with it. And now I, I work for the worldwide EN sales team or formerly known as sales team. And uh, I am a technical evangelist. So I get to talk to a lot of customers. Uh, my, my, main, my main job now is building training content and enablement for the field and our partners doing videos and voiceovers and all that other good stuff. So... Is nobody uh, allowed to say sales anymore? Nobody works in sales. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is for sales. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we we, we want to try to sell stuff as much as possible. Plug, plug. Um, but but yeah, I mean, for me, it's cool because I don't have to worry about a quota. I don't have to worry about anybody kind of, you know, harping on to me about, you know, numbers and sales and all of this good stuff. So it's it's kind of neat. I get to just be myself and and they love it. So it so works out. So you mentioned Cisco Live, um, kind of where, where you and Anthony uh, first started hanging out, and that's actually going on right now, but a little different than uh, what's happening or back in 2013, I guess. So what's going on with uh, with Cisco Live right now? Yeah, so so this is the first ever all digital Cisco Live Global, is what it's called. So we're running we're running Cisco Live sessions all across the world uh, at different time slots and zones, so everyone can participate. And I mean, some of the guests, I mean, even though it's virtual, some of the guests that we have coming on are, are second to none. I mean, James Cameron, Serena Williams. I mean, it's 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 in, it's pretty impressive to see the folks that come together to put on a good show. And and shout out to Alex Apiz and team for everybody who doesn't know her. She is pretty much in charge of running all these events. And um, again, one of the most amazing people you've ever met. Uh, but yeah, so all digital. Uh, the, the celebration will be fun. I think we have Train. Uh, was it BB Rexa? A whole bunch of different bands coming into Killers. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, it's going on for the next uh, couple of days, and then into next week there'll be some Cisco Press Meet the Authors and a couple other events uh, as part of the World Solutions as well. So they'll just like come to your house, train, or do they? It's like a yeah. They just show up, and then they they came out and said, uh, "Hey, what's up, man?" And I said, "Oh, what? no, no." Is <laughs> uh, is in my house as you all are now? Ah, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Anthony, are you doing okay without uh, two years of Cisco Live in a row? You know, I tell you, um, my liver yes. is very thankful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you look younger. You're like a better color than I've seen on you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just wanted to point out that Jason Gooley is the reason why I'm never competitive with my friends in my career. So, you know, <laughs> I, I provide him some tips on obtaining the CCIE. He then goes and gets two of them. He calls me up because he knows I'm a Cisco Press author. He asks for some tips on writing Cisco Press books. And now his books crush my own sales. So, 
uh, I wanted to be on here to, you know, basically try and undermine Jason uh, in any way I possibly can. You're doing a horrible job so far. All you're doing yeah. is touting, you know, why he's so great. At yeah, least better exactly. than you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a low bar. Yeah. I, I do have to say, though, those tips saved my life because if it wasn't for Anthony, I probably wouldn't be a CCIE between him and Terry Vincent, both giving me some really awesome uh, uh, information. I, and, and that's the thing I think that is great about this community is, is that, you know, everybody feels like they got there on their own volition. But the truth of the matter is somebody out there somewhere had to help you along your journey. And the fact that that whole paying it forward thing and giving back is huge for me. And I wouldn't even be on this thing if it wasn't for Anthony. So mad props and virtual hug. I love you, man. And thank you so much for everything you've done to me uh, and for me or for and done. Well, yeah. I, I don't know if you'd put an appearance <laughs> yeah. on Technado on your resume. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just Anthony wait till the episode's me, yeah. over to decide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Anthony had to take his off of this LinkedIn after last time. Well, oh. while we've got you here, Jason, let's go ahead and uh, find out what grinds your gears in our next segment. It's so interesting you know that what you really bring grinds that up. My gears oh, hold on. Lindsay Lohan. I'm playing the intro. You know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> you, America. We now go to Peter for You Know What Really Grinds My Gears. All right. So as you were you were saying there, what grinds your gears is uh, the the lack of inclusion of women in tech. And and as we talked yesterday, Jason, I think there's no better than than the five of us white guys uh, to talk about this uh, and, and why this is important. So so why does this make you so angry, Jason? Yeah, it, it's funny. It's you know, it does start with us uh, being the ambassadors of change for sure. I mean, I think, you know, having a six year old daughter is is one thing that has changed my perspective on a lot of different things and that I want her to have the opportunity to do anything that is that she wants to be able to do. And, you know, we're we're doing all these different cool projects together and we're doing STEM projects and we're doing science projects. Where we're building building crystals and growing different things in water and making volcanoes. And she has this little scientist code and she comes out she's like daddy do you want to do science stuff with me and it makes my heart just glow absolutely i want to do stuff like that and one of the things that uh, i think the reasons grinds my gears so much is is you know we need to get to the girls before they start making the decision of what they want to be when they grow up because a lot of this stuff is is being told to them as far as oh well we expect you to be a waitress or we expect to do whatever typical you know stereotype that is injected by typically most men. Um, and it's, it's something that I'm trying to figure out how to break that norm. And I think not only does it start at home with us encouraging our kids and teaching them to, you know, shoot for the moon for anything that they want to do or be when they grow up. But I mean, at the same time, it also comes from the rest of us in the industry who is, who have already gotten there, who want to make sure that everybody has an equal opportunity to, to be something. And I, I have so many folks reach out to me. I have a lot of women reach out to me and a lot of men who also reach out to me on LinkedIn and Twitter and ask me questions about how they can get into the field and, and you know, what are some of my thoughts on these different, these different aspects. And I think when you, when you really boil it down is that everybody should have the opportunity to do everything that is, that is possible, right? I mean, it shouldn't be far-fetched for a woman to be a CCIE. I know many of them and, Pretty much all of them are smarter than me uh, and have succeeded well beyond my means. Um, and, and that's the thing. I think as long as we can find a way to be open enough to let everybody be at the table, I, I think it's 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 the way we need to start moving in the future. And, and that, that doesn't just go for women. It goes for a lot of things that are going on in the society right now. And uh, I think the more inclusive we can be, the better we're all going to be in, in the long run. Now, Jason, Especially I know you're involved in a number of like diversity projects at Cisco. So can you give us yeah. some examples of some of the things you guys are working on? Yeah. So w one of these projects that we worked on was to, uh, literally a project to drive more girls and women into technology, as well as to build a pipeline of women SEs at Cisco. So that was a huge project that I was working on. I th it's been going on since 2019. So I've been working on it off and on for two years now. Um, and of that or out of that, one of the things we did was we we wanted to figure out a way to in encourage girls who are at a younger age to start looking at engineering and, and technology as a, as a possible path for them. So we, we started creating these videos and these social media videos. And one of them that we created was called Mythbusters. And the idea there was how do we bust myths about what it is to be an engineer and what you have to go through uh, in your journey. So we've created this video and it was really designed to, to be more of a fun and inclusive way of, of 
of teaching younger women, this is something that's available to you. And it's not that difficult. You just got to show interest and here's how you get started. Uh, and that was one of the things we did. The other thing we did was um, we actually also partnered with the network, which I'm sure everybody's familiar with. And uh, what we did was we actually created a matching tool within Cisco called um, NetAcad Connect, where it would actually match internal Cisco employees with network academies if they want to do, you know, some sort of instruction or teaching or volunteer to do shadowing or mentoring, as well as mock interviews, you know, do, do the uh, sample resumes for folks who are trying to get their career started from the network academy, and as well as drive that inclusion for women and in technology, as well as programmability and things of that nature. So that was a big one that we worked on. And then uh, the other thing that I'm working on this year now is to kind of take similar ideas to that, that are Cisco brand related and kind of make them fit into that that overarching message that marketing has as far as inclusion and the inclusive future for all, which is our, our slogan for, for Cisco right now. So those are two real big things I'm working on. Now, Jason, I know uh, you, you shared that video with us. So I actually want to take a second and, uh, and play that. And I swear to God, if it's a Rick roll, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not letting you live it down, but uh, hey. let's go ahead and, and take a look at that, uh, that video. And then we'll come back and talk about it. There are many myths about engineers. Let's dispel a few of them now. All engineers look the same. Let's take a look at some. Here is an engineer. Here is another engineer. And another one. And another one. After all, engineering is a passion and a profession. Engineers have boring hobbies. All of these engineers are practicing their favorite hobbies. Engineers must be great at math. Engineering is a very broad field. There are many different kinds of engineers, including hardware, software, civil, network, environmental, and so on. You don't need to be great at math, but you do need to be excited about solving problems and creating. Many believe there are two types of people, art and literature, and science and logic. It's also believed that a person can only belong to one group. Well, that's just not true. Engineers can be dancers, musicians, artists, and enjoy many other artistic hobbies. As an engineer, a creative mind is needed to create a solution or a product that doesn't yet exist. Many creative solutions that we enjoy today were made possible by engineers. Some examples of these would be planes, 3D printing, and special effects in movies. As you can see, engineers are diverse and unique people. that was a very cool video jason if people want to find out uh more about that program is there is there a website or anything to go to or how would they do that uh you know so it's interesting on on my on the channel i have uh, metal devops here i have that's where i host that video on uh on youtube and i think that we're going to start doing some more inclusion projects and videos and interviews on that so that would be probably where to go check it out at metaldevops.com or at uh on youtube at metal devops and that's a that's a great segue because i noticed when it showed the people that have hobbies uh was that you on stage playing guitar there that was that was me okay so so you know at the beginning we were like oh wow this guy's got two ccies that's cool but that's not even the cool thing that you do so uh let's talk a little bit about the foundation that you're involved with can you tell us about that yeah sure so it was it was interesting there's a foundation called the david ellison youth music foundation and that uh david ellison is the bass player for a band called megadeth a grammy award metal band which is one of my favorites and um i actually met those guys back in 2017 and um it was one of those things where there was like this event going on out in California at Dave Mustaine's house. And I was fortunate enough to, to be able to get a pass to go. And I met all these guys and we all hit it off really well. And I stayed in touch and fast forward uh, up, in, up until 2020 here, uh, Tom Hazard, which is David Elson's partner uh, in a lot of his ventures, as well as David Elson, they wanted to do something for COVID to give back to kids who are impacted by COVID and out of school. So they came up with the idea to give lessons back via, at the, at the time they said Skype. And I said, you know, I work at Cisco. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about uh, WebEx. And uh, we were just joking around. And then I took it to a woman named Tay Yu, who is the senior vice president for uh, corporate social responsibility, which is, was the executive sponsor for the video that you just saw. And I said, I've got a random idea for you. Um, and it might sound far-fetched, but bear with me. Uh, imagine now, major rock stars giving lessons and giving back to these kids impacted by COVID using 
Cisco products like WebEx. And it, she loved it so much within, I think it was like within two and a half weeks, we had a grant for the, for the nonprofit organization that included WebEx boards, you know, DX 80s and all these different WebEx units. And it was amazing. And then of course the WebEx platform itself. And fast forward, we're doing all these events where we're, we're doing things like, it's called, oh, say, can you stream? And we're doing these, um, it's kind of like the Jerry Lewis telethon where you're doing these telethons to raise money and awareness. And we had so many like major stars come on these things to, to kind of promote this event. I mean, from Alice Cooper to, we even had the soup Nazi from Seinfeld on that's, that's how diverse this was. Right. Um, the, 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 it's, it's interesting when you have all these different folks coming on, but they're all coming together for good. And, um, just recently within the last about two or three weeks ago, I became the chief technology officer for that nonprofit organization, which uh, of course it's not profit, but the idea there is I'm helping set all the direction from a technology perspective for the organization. And how can we give back and make the most impact to the, the, the kids out there, uh, not even just impacted by COVID, but in general. So uh, kids who have low income, you know, from all walks of life, all, all across the globe, we're donating instruments and lessons and it's, it's pretty tremendous what we're doing. And, um, uh, I I'm very blessed to be a part of it. And I, and it was one of those things that it kind of just came up. And one of the things that I, I'm also fortunate about is I, I, I'm very good at relationships and, 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 um, and really connecting people. And I think that was one of the things that just came out of it, it was a natural connection between what happened, started off as I started this show and David and Tom, they endorsed it and sponsored it two years ago. Uh, so we've stayed in touch this whole time and they came to me and asked me about what we can do as far as is uh, using video to give back and it just organically took off and, and here we are today um, pretty excited about it yeah so when you're talking about that show you're talking about the the metal devops show yeah so metal devops is my show but again uh, they endorsed and sponsored it from the get-go and that's how we I and mean, we just stayed in touch from from when we met in 2017 all the way up until still today uh and, and I think what's so nice about it is, you know, this Youth Music Foundation, it's, it's something that is, it, it uses all of my strengths, right? I mean, I love, to, I'm a people person. I love getting out there in front of folks. I love training and technology and I love metal music. So there, there's no doubt about that. I know Anthony knows that uh, I, I love jamming on the guitar whenever I get a chance and uh, being able to bring all those things together uh, to me was like a dream come true. And, I, and, and the fact that it's all just for good and there's nobody, there's no profit, there's no, it's, it's all to just raise awareness and help people. And I think the more we can do things like that, the more fulfilled we'll be and the better we're going to be in, in the long run. So that is at ellipsonyouthmusicfoundation.org. Uh, so definitely check that out if you want to get involved and uh, find out how you can help and uh, just read some cool stuff about that. And then uh, Metal DevOps, is that metaldevops.com or what do you got there? Yeah, metaldevops.com or at metaldevops on all social media. Very cool. Because if you want to get into DevOps and find out about, you know, how to set up a network for a concert or something, you know, that's a that's a great way to do it and not have to worry, worry about, like, the boring networking stuff but pyrotechnics right. and <laughs> neat stuff that's what i want to do does cisco make a pyrotechnics line is yeah. that uh i think they do i'm sure they probably have something that would uh in an iot fashion kick off some pyrotechnics <laughs> networked flashpots i know i'm yeah, right. blow up like some of the nexus switches <laughs> yeah i've seen those where the, people have taken you know an ethernet cable and connected the other end to like a a regular, you know, outlet, wall outlet. So you could, <laughs> that worked out great. Poe. Yeah, but so, I think it's funny. I think a um, uh, a USB, like a standard USB connector, will actually fit in an RJ45. So I used to get people like, "I'm, it's plugged in. I, I do not know what the problem is." <laughs> Crazy. All right. Well, uh, Jason, we want to thank you uh, so much for taking the time to join us today and tell us about not just the cool stuff you're doing with Cisco, but also um, the foundation and and the podcast. So uh, thanks, thanks again for taking the time. Hey, I appreciate you all having me on. And Anthony, again, thanks for everything. And thank you all. Uh, we'll see you again out there soon. Yeah, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. Hey, um, before actually we let you go, I, I did want to bring up something I, f I forgot. We want to talk about the day this comes out. Uh, this podcast episode is uh, is April 1st, and that's the same day we have a new uh, video series that, that, Daniel, you were involved in. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, if you head over to go.itpro.tv slash... Uh, S-H-A-R-T, uh, you can see our new uh, course, which is Security Hack, 
acknowledge, respond, and train, and it's all about how you can uh, react to uh, a shart event, uh, is what we're calling them. Uh, so if you have, uh, you know, a shart happen at the office, and uh, and you want to see how you can learn from that and 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 move forward as a as a company and as an individual, um, I think that's that's something very important. Anthony, I know you've had a lot of uh, a lot of shart events uh, at work as well. Is that is that true? How dare you make fun of my irritable bowel syndrome? I always wondered why you were backing out of rooms. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that's what we say in the, in the video that, you know, a, a shark, it, it can happen at any time. It uh, it, it, it's going to affect everyone in the office, even though you think it, it you know, they're not going to be able to trace it back to you. So this, this video series helps you, uh, like we said, what is it, uh, acknowledge uh, respond and, and train. So again, you can look back, dissect the chart and see, uh, see why it happened. Just need so a little tighter control on your security. Mm-hmm. You'd be all right. Yeah. Cause uh, whether it's a leak or, or you know, full blown right. breach. Yeah. It could be an issue. So, could be. so check that out. Go.itpro.tv slash chart is where you can uh, do that. And we have a sign that you can print out that, that says, uh, you know, that, that you have a chart for your office and how many days since your, your last shard incident, so you can uh, you can fill that out as well. Can't All for the safety. I made it through that hole. <laughs> Anthony's always got single digits on that sign. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get a brown sharpie? Is what I want. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, Jason. Sorry, you had to listen to that part. Um, but <laughs> thanks again for taking the time with us today. Uh, but stay tuned, everybody. We're going to take a quick break and then come back with the news right after this on Technado with Don Pizzette. This is Kevin. He's studying online for a Microsoft certification and using another online IT training service. He's also on his second pot of coffee today to stay awake. And this is Kyle. He's also studying Microsoft but using IT Pro TV. Rather than watching a boring voiceover PowerPoint, he's actually enjoying the training with two hosts in an interactive format. Both Kevin and Kyle have access to virtual labs and practice tests, but Kyle can also get help through a live chat with other IT Pro TV members and his instructors as as well as post to a Q&A forum. He can even search for exactly what he's looking for in the interactive video transcripts, all while paying less than Kevin. Oh, and Kyle can also watch in comfort via Roku app. Kevin and Kyle are both learning IT, but Kyle is enjoying the journey. Want to be more like Kyle? View the plans to start your IT Pro TV membership today. All right, welcome back to TechNado with Don Pizzette. Thank you so much to Jason Gooley for joining us there and telling us all about um, Cisco, their their cool uh, diversity programs, the uh, Metal DevOps. Megadeth. Mega, Megadeth. Yeah, it's really, all that matters. That's where it was. That was, that was cool. Uh, but we do have a bunch of news to get to, and, and Anthony, you're, you're able to uh, stay on here and go through the news with us? Sounds great. Fantastic. Well, let's get to our first article then, which is from bell-labs.com. So this would be Bell Labs, the famous Bell Labs. Plan 9 from Bell Labs in cyberspace. That's the headline. doesn't really tell That's me much. Headline. What the hell is Plan 9? All right. So Plan 9 is an operating system from the same people who made the Unix operating system. It came out of AT&T's Bell Laboratories way back in the 1970s and 80s. Uh, most people haven't heard of Plan 9 because it wasn't nearly as popular as Unix, and Unix came first. But Plan 9 was a neat operating system that had some some different takes. Like it, its big thing was it was designed to be completely distributed. So it could run on one computer or it could run on five or ten computers. And you know, so it basically had like a, a networking model from the get-go. Uh, but also it represented everything as a file. Everything. Uh, IRQs, DMAs, uh, memory addresses, processes. Everything was represented as a file in the file system. So it was kind of a, a new way to look at things. Uh, it was treated as an experimental OS for many years. It, uh, it was you know, held under commercial license, so it really wasn't publicly available. And since then, Bell Labs has changed hands a number of times. Currently, Bell Labs is owned by Nokia, uh, which is odd you know, because you think Nokia is gone, but they're still around. Uh, and so they made the decision just the other day to transition the copyrights for Plan 9, the operating system, over to the Plan 9 Foundation, which means it is now a truly free and available operating system. So uh, we will probably see you know, some new generations of that software as it gets revitalized and pushed out there because it's not saddled by those old licenses anymore. So, so is this not this is not a Linux distro, though? This is its own nope. separate nope. thing, completely Very different. separate. So it, it's much more like traditional Unix than, than Linux is. So are we going to be seeing like a lot of, uh, are we going to be running Plan 9 on our laptops before I don't long? think so. Uh, yeah. So Plan 9 never really had a native GUI. 
So, you know, but, but you may see it on servers because it, yeah. I mean, really, when you talk about like uh, even Linux, when you talk about throwing it onto servers in a network environment, networking was kind of an afterthought. It was bolted on afterwards versus Plan 9 where it was there on, on day one. So I've dabbled around with the OS a few times over the years. I think the first time I ran it was like 1997 or so. It's been around a long time. Uh, I, I don't know that it'll ever really emerge as a major player. So, uh, Anthony, have you seen Plan 9 out there anywhere? I have not. In fact, after reading the article, um, I went over to the website and I clicked on the ISO and started to download it and then canceled. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? I'm not I going down this, this rabbit hole. Yeah. Where yeah. Are you putting this? yeah. Nine hours on an OS no one's ever heard of. <laughs> so I do like how they've uh, named it after Plan 9 from Outer Space, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a, a lot of the stuff that emerged from it, they've incorporated into other OSs. So, like in Linux, if you ever browse into the slash proc folder, they, they basically got that from Plan 9. So you go in there and you see file representations of all the processes and so information about them. That's yeah. interesting because when you were saying that it, it sees everything as a file, I was like, I thought that was a Linux thing. But I guess yeah. maybe they took it from... Oh, yeah. I mean, it was everything you could see as a file. So in Linux, it's Every, some things. Gotcha, but in, gotcha. in Plan 9, it was part of the, the design guide. You had to do it. Yep. So what is Nokia's plan to ruin this? Because <laughs> that's I know that's kind of what they... Well, they so they, they, they've already had their chance, right? So they held this license for a long period of time okay. and done nothing with it. So, so th by yeah. yeah, by kind of keeping it away from the people for this long is, is kind of what their approach is yeah. this time. Yeah. Oh, it's a, they it's used it one. to make Nyan Cat run across their phone. Gotcha. And to clarify, Bell Labs, this has nothing to do with, this is not Taco Bell's like experimental kitchen? <laughs> Uh, no, 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 it is okay. not. Yeah, this is a tie back to the way back AT&T, Ma Bell days. Right, yeah. that one. Okay. Lucent Technologies. You remember oh, uh, yeah. Lucent was Bell Labs after the breakup, and yeah, it's a whole story. <laughs> if you like nerd history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I do. All right, our next article comes to us from ZDNet.com. Cisco launches Cisco Plus, a step forward, or a step toward networking as, as a service, I should say. And so networking as a service, NAS, uh, that sounds fun and, and cool. And how does this get us closer to that, Don? Or does it? Well, you know, remember the days when you could go and buy a firewall or a router or a switch and it was a piece of hardware and you stuck it in your network and that was it? You were done paying for it? Uh, well, slowly over the last couple of years, we've seen services like Cisco and Meraki come out where it's a managed service. So you've got to pay a subscription, but it's generally worth it because you get updates and a pretty sweet UI and you're able to manage the devices. Well, Cisco is looking to extend that type of model out to all of their stuff. Uh, with the new Cisco Plus subscription service. So your uh, favorite hardware is going to turn into a monthly bill or annual bill. So it's like a Disney Plus subscription, but now it's like Cisco that. Plus. You know, I, I was, uh, was going to make that joke. You beat me to it. Um, but it is, yeah. So it, it, your router and switch can be like Netflix now. Um, Do I get to have like a menu? And I say, oh, I, that's a nice looking switch. Let's try that You one. just spend hours yeah. looking through <laughs> yeah. switches yeah. and don't end up using uh, any of them? Uh. That's got 48 ports. That's kind of nice. <laughs> so I can I can be a little cynical on this one, but I, I'm curious to hear Anthony's opinion because he's a little more uh, uh, positive on the Cisco side. Because there's got to be benefits, right, Anthony? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it really is interesting, right? Because they still are in the business of hardware. So I know the article kind of danced around the hardware aspects of it. But, I mean, if we are buying hardware for our on-prem Certainly, it's not going to be $9.95 a month, right, for our firepower device. So that's kind of an interesting aspect of it. Is this them I mean, it, trying to, like, see the future coming, going, oh, no, maybe we're going to eventually have to phase out of hardware sales and just be this subscription-type service? I think they're yeah. seeing how lucrative recurring revenue is, oh, right? Yeah. So, like, with Meraki, they know they're getting money every month or every year. It's on the books. The The analysts love it. The mm -hmm. stock market loves it. So, they're seeing that and trying to find out how to fit it in other places. Now, I am curious, and I, I couldn't find this out, so I don't know if you guys saw anything, if, if it's going to replace Cisco SmartNet. Because you had to pay for SmartNet anyway to get extended warranty. And if this is the same price, then, hey, you get your warranty and centralized management and stuff. That, that's worth it, in my opinion. But... Do you need a warranty if you don't even have the hardware anymore? Well, you have to have the hardware, right? Oh, I thought the hardware was like in the cloud. I don't know how the internet works. <laughs> yeah, you got to get there. It's like having an interstate but no road to Wait, get so you, you still, to the interstate. Yeah. I thought you were saying this is like nice replacing road. the physical equipment in your in your closet and in your using you, it as a service in the 
So Cisco uh, has been pretty active on this. You know, they, they've they released a lot of their stuff to run as software in AWS and Azure. So yeah, you can spin up ASA firewalls in Azure. I know, uh, Anthony, you got way more experience with that than I do. Uh, but you still need some physical hardware on-prem. And that, I think, is where the software-as-a-service model is coming in. Because the, the stuff that's in AWS, they already make money on, or at least like, I think they do, right? When you deploy an ASA, you, you pay an hourly fee, and Cisco's pulling image money on that. Yeah, um, what the most popular model that Cisco has done with the with the clouds so far, and I think that's about to change based on this article uh, you pointed out to us, John, um, they do a bring your own license. So you will spin up an instance in AWS for your firepower firewall, for example, and you're paying, you know, 17 cents an hour to AWS for the hardware. And then it's bring your own Cisco license. Now, what's great for our students, Don, is there's a evaluation for 90 days on the firepower. So that's the license that you're bringing. So you have 90 days of play with this firepower device all you like. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that's for, that's the, for the 17 yeah. cents an hour. That's the positive side right there. Because yeah. if you're studying at 17 cents an hour, you know, you, you fire it up for an hour, you shut it down. And so that's a perfect model. But if you're a business where you need it 24-7, you have to start thinking like 17 cents an hour, that's, that adds up after a while. That's, that's minimum wage in Florida, I think. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> that's so uh, this came out of Cisco Live. Was there any other cool announcements or things? I know it's still going on now at the time we're filming this, but is there anything you've seen, Anthony? Coming out of uh, life. You know, I'm just really excited about Train. I can't wait to hear sure. Drops of Jupiter. In my ear, yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. It's been a while since I've heard that song. Uh, uh, Don, no the joke. I, he said, uh, <laughs> it's a band. Jason said Train right. is performing. He said the killers yeah, of Train. I, I don't know who Alive. Train is. So they are a band. <laughs> they play music. When he said that, <laughs> when he said Train, oh, yeah. when he said Train, I thought, oh, is he attending a chorus? Yeah. So I, I don't know any Train songs. You don't know that one song? No, I don't. Right, train. I listen to Megadeth. Can you reach your guitar, Anthony? <laughs> I can't believe he led with Train because, like, I know. I would and then he said the Killers playing. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the with Killers are a little bit more current. Yeah, Train's kind of like um, State Fair level, I think, at this point. That, that's exactly right. Yep. <laughs> the uh, the cocktail lounge in a Reno. Yeah. Uh, Bowling casino. alley. <laughs> yeah. No, not even the casino. We are trained. Yeah. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am drunk. <laughs> Don, Don, what I couldn't wait to ask you is, is this question. Has CompTIA received calls yet for Cisco Plus training? <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, that may happen. If, if, if there's a Cisco Plus certification, I bet a lawsuit will come out of that one. <laughs> yeah. By the way, they're called trained because that's how they get to their gigs now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like uh, hobos in a box car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Our next concert is wherever no, this one's not going. They're taking Amtrak <laughs> and have a nice, like, boot. No, they're, they're like, uh, jump on, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> we kid. That one song that's is That's how fun. Steven lost his foot. <laughs> All right, our our next article is from Gizmodo.com. You seriously need to update your iPhone right now. And I know my iPhone did an update the other day, uh, which seemed kind of out of its normal yeah. uh, sync, so I'm assuming that, I, that I'm good. But what happened? I'm assuming a zero day here? So nor normally you get a little message that says, hey, would you like to apply an update tonight? Or, hey, we're thinking about applying an update. When do you want to do it? And this time it just did it. <laughs> and that's really the big red flag that lets you know something bad happened. And uh, in this case, it was a WebKit vulnerability, which affects your web browser. So a pretty significant thing. Apple made an interesting choice with iOS in which they allowed other web browsers in the App Store, but only if they use Apple's WebKit renderer, which means no matter which web browser you're running, you're really running Safari. And so you might have a Chrome skin on top of it or Microsoft Edge a skin on top, but underneath, it's all using Safari's WebKit engine. So when a vulnerability comes out, it affects all of them. And this one is a universal cross-site scripting vulnerability, which can wreak tons and tons of havoc. So Apple did rush out an update. They actually rushed out two updates. So the first one apparently took care of most of it, but there was another CVE and they had to push a second one. Most people won't notice that. The, you know They took both of them at the same time. Uh, but it seems pretty bad. Now, Daniel, uh, this is kind of your field. So what, what do you think on the severity level on this one? Severity level obviously was going to be pretty darn high. I'm going to go with pretty darn high as when Apple kind of like just says, yeah, they, we're not going to wait for people to, to go. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that. You need to do this now kind of activity that lets you know that this is kind of an important thing. And especially 
specifically with, and I was I was actually listening to I think it was Edward Snowden was talking about this, and he was saying, well, you know, Apple is this monoculture. They have a very specific you know, way in which they they deliver. Right? You have very small amounts of 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 differences between the devices. So when it affects one thing, it can affect a lot of things, especially when it comes to something like a web browser. So there's a bunch of lines of code in web browsers. Honestly, you're probably going to find something with inside of the web browser, which is exactly what they did. And you now have the nightmare scenario. I mean, there are companies out there in the world that are, they, they specialize in doing this and selling access to people's iPhones because iPhones are typically you know, run by people that are wealthy or successful or celebrity because it's kind of a status symbol in a, in a lot of ways. Yeah, speaking of which, do you have an iPhone, Daniel? I do not have an nah. iPhone. Fact, uh, case in point. Yes. <laughs> case in point. Absolutely. You know, there's a, you know, there's a cell phone that's like 15 grand. It's like super secure, and I think Tom Hardy has one. Really? Oh, yeah. I saw a picture. I was like, oh, yeah, that looks cool. I don't have 15 Gs to drop on no dang phone, though. I'll just use Signal <laughs> or something, you know, use some encrypted type of thing. But it does uh, show you the difference between the different types of phone environments out there. You start looking in the Android world, there's there's a plethora of different devices, so it's harder, in a, in a sense, to find something that's going to go across those all those platforms. So that's why you start looking at the app specifically, something that can install on all those things and work in all those devices. Whereas if you hit an Apple one, you're like, cha-ching, so yeah, Right, because you're, you're now into the Apple Ecosphere. So for those that don't know Daniel's DEFCON levels, uh, pretty darn high is the, the second to highest? No, pretty darn high is like we're in full-scale nuclear that's the, war. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not yet on, uh, what is it, 14.4.2, uh, or for the watch OS 7.3.3, uh, definitely. Oh, yeah, that was the other moment. thing. It, it affected the watch yeah. as well. Right. Uh, yeah, it's really bizarre. And, and the iPad. It's uh, iPad OS is the same <laughs> same version number. As and this wasn't a theoretical one either. This is one that they say may be actively being exploited in the in the wild. So that's a, another reason why this was such a rush. All right. Well, I'm, I'm up to date. <laughs> Somebody in the uh, comment system says, no viruses on a Mac ever. Completely safe environment. Can't jailbreak an iPhone. <laughs> I, th I assume they meant to put sarcasm brackets around that more than likely <laughs> yeah i would think so don you got your, your your new one right you got the mini i have the mini yeah nice yeah. you liking that i do which apparently didn't sell very well and they're discontinuing <laughs> so I'm, I'm, apparently i was the one person who bought one yeah because you were you were saying you were waiting for a smaller one i so. was and I'm, I'm tempted to buy a second one just to have it <laughs> so that when this one dies like it's because you know how it is like oh, two yeah. years from now i'll be pissed off because i can't buy one <laughs> How will they make the battery continue to drain though on that one, even though it's sitting in a box? That's yeah, what I want to that's ask. True. Anthony, are you are you poor like Daniel, or do you have a, an iPhone? I am uh, yes on the latest iPhone, whatever it is, twelve oh. Pro Max. So we can we can all have fun of Daniel. We're going to call him Anthony Bougie Sequera. <laughs> and I, and I think something has been hacked on it because every time I open it, I'm on an OnlyFans page. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Yeah. David Hasselhoff's OnlyFans. Page. I keep sending you those links. I find. <laughs> no, he means he's he's, he's actually up. on the page. Yeah, oh, yeah he's, he's live streaming. Yeah, yeah. there's some weird oh, people God. going. Now do this. <laughs> well, if you tip me enough, okay. I guess I will. He's like the phone paid for itself. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on investment in like two hours, man. I'm making money on this thing. Congratulations on that, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you. We'll, we'll put the link to that uh, nowhere. Um, <laughs> our next article comes to us from the good people at ArsTechnica.com. Open SSL fixes high severity flaw that allows hackers to crash servers. Yes, that is high severity. I think on Daniel's <laughs> scale, that is also a pretty darn high. Yeah, pretty uh, darn high. The widely used code library is also purged as of a certificate verification bypass. So, uh, so this is something that uh, Don, that this was in the field as well, and not just. Uh, just yeah, a potential problem. You know, it wasn't very widely in the field, though. So I, I think this one, uh, you know, we may have just been security researchers at this point, but uh, similar to Heartbleed, this one was a, a vulnerability in OpenSSL that attackers could point at a server. But what made this one really interesting was they couldn't get at data. They couldn't decrypt data like, like Heartbleed. Heartbleed was way worse. Mm. But in this case, they could crash the server basically at will. And that 
leads this to be a prime denial of service candidate. You know, so if you've got uh, a target that's running OpenSSL, which pretty much everybody is, um, and you want to really mess with them, you just start throwing these packets at them and crashing their servers. And if they're auto-scaling, then they'll start spinning up new ones. You crash those too. You just keep throwing the data at it. Well, once the attack was detected, they were able to patch this pretty quick. Uh, so OpenSSL has pushed updates out for it. Uh, also, most web application firewalls out there have been patched to be able to protect from this too, to filter it out before it gets to your servers. But it's uh, it's a pretty creative one, and it's a, a full CVE, so it's out there. Uh, and it just shows how important some of these libraries are that are being targeted by attackers because they know that they're everywhere. It's a it's an interesting thing. You know, I don't think uh, the denial of service attack gets enough airplay or airtime, or maybe not the we don't we don't put the emphasis on it enough on how actually disruptive these things are and it cause a lot of it cost a lot of money to different organizations and depending on the organization it could really put you down pretty hard maybe even out of business depending on the length of the attack and the severity of it and what actually went down so i mean denial of service attacks are a really bad thing and, and unfortunately they can be pretty weird but but not too difficult to pull off. You throw enough data or you throw something weird at it, it doesn't know how to handle it. This says that it was causing like a null point, pointer dereferenced type of um, issue. So it's just going, hey, here's some memory. Where's that memory? It's over there. What what does that do? Nothing. Well, didn't Your we talk dad. about haven't we talked about malware or botnets as a service too? Where you, I mean, yeah. I yeah. I could as as someone that knows very little about actually how to pull off a hack, I could probably go find somewhere, be it on the dark web or or uh, in the darker corners of the regular oh, web, where I could it. find you know a service to to pull off a DDoS on my enemy if I wanted to you know bomb their email account or. Yeah, something it, like that. it probably wouldn't be too difficult. To, there are organizations out there that this is what they do. They say, hey, you need some need some denial of service action. I'll hook you up. Let's try. Give me, give me give me a target. Yeah. Get, tell yeah. me who to, <laughs> yeah, me who to go after. Let's so if you're uh, if you're worried about your servers, make sure you patch up to version 1.1.1 K. K is the key there. Uh, I think we've been at 1.1.1 for yeah. quite some time now. I think they also found a a tertiary CVE with this as well, where there was the certificate verification bypass. As they were looking at this vulnerability, they discovered this one. And we're like, oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that the update they're talking about? Yeah, the, yeah, the certification. So, which would, you know, defeats the whole purpose of SSL at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like SSLs for. Yeah, why use that? One point one. That sounds like a like very early on. Is this? Oh no! This has well, been around a long time. How is it yeah. one point one point? Well, this is TLS, which is the next iteration of what oh, SSL okay, yeah. was. So. When we did the uh, when we featured Heartbleed, which was what like five years ago, yeah, was, was uh, we were telling everybody to update to one point one point one e. So you know, oh, because they're doing the letter thing and, and stuff. Yeah, and and when it's a security library like this, they don't they don't make changes just willy nilly. Like it's got to be mm. something significant for them to upgrade it, and it's under a lot of scrutiny. So they they progress slow. Heartbleed was cool though. I mean, it's horrible, <laughs> <laughs> horrible for what it did, but like. Cool to watch it happen. I, I got to play with it a little bit, and it was like, oh, this is a bunch of data on the server. That was easy. That was fun. There Please don't go. do this in the wild, because... Yeah, it's cool for yeah. all the people that got to play with it, yeah. not the people that yeah. got played. I just pulled up the uh, statistics yeah, from a third party, and it looks like about 2.5 million websites using OpenSSL. That's all. Oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is a minor one. Yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that's a uh, a metric butt ton, right? Yeah. That's metric a, butt ton is a the lot. technical term. Is yes. that more than people using iPhones? Uh, who knows? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Close. All right. Our next article comes to us from thehackernews.com. A lot of a lot of hacking and stuff going on this. There week. was some bad stuff. This is the <laughs> yeah. worst one. This yeah. is the worst. Okay. We're so we're going in reverse order. Uh, <laughs> PHP's Git server hacked to insert <laughs> secret backdoor to its code and. Uh, you said backdoor, so that's... Yeah. And I don't know if Anthony can find this. Anthony, can you find how many web servers are running PHP? Because it should be damn near all of them. <laughs> I, I like having Anthony here as like our, our research guy. To just like I think our bodies run PHP, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, PHP, which is used by damn near every web server <laughs> on the planet... Uh, you know, is a is a language, and, <laughs> and you can make web pages in it. Well, they run their own internal Git repo servers, and 
uh, hackers managed to get in there. They compromised the credentials of uh, somebody. They haven't said who. Uh, managed to get in and insert a backdoor into the Git repo uh, where if anybody were to download the source code for PHP, you would have downloaded it with a backdoor in it. Now, most people don't do that, right? They wait for it to be packaged and they pull it that way. Uh, so had this gone undetected over a period of time, it could have reached a ton of systems, and then with you know this whole show wouldn't have happened. Uh, but <laughs> we'd all be printing yeah. out our. Resumes We're sending out tapes of, uh, of Technado <laughs> now <laughs> for people. But uh, but they did catch it. The you know several of the project leads noticed some commits that happened in their Git repo that uh, they couldn't account for, and that kind of uh, revealed the fact that this compromise had happened. Uh, since then, they have moved all of their uh, code base into GitHub, and what they said was. While running our own Git repo was kind of in line with the open source ideal, it was an unnecessary security risk because GitHub is free. Why not just pop it over there and be done? And now we get, you know, global level security. So uh, so they have corrected it, uh, but it does show like that's a pretty big deal when you can get a backdoor in PHP. Uh, it, it's so heavily used that it, this is big. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal. And uh, I, I always uh, enjoy when they kind of give you some of the specifics on how they're portraying the attack itself where they were saying that so first off when they put the uh, commit in they said fix typo right fix typo was the the reasoning for updating the software so mm -hmm. trying to slide by there was something very innocuous sounding mm -hmm. right oh yeah we're gonna fix a typo and then the way it works is that when a, uh, a browser connects to the service that's running the PHP it looks at that HTTP header uh, for your user agent for the browser itself. If that browser starts with a specific string, which is specifically Zerodium, a zero-day uh, exploit broker known for acquiring high-impact and high-risk vulnerabilities, <laughs> then they can just tell it, hey, do anything I want, and it's going to look at that string. It's going to fire it off and nice. do whatever they want. So really interesting as far as how this is being done. Obviously pretty devastating for them that their Git repository was completely... Uh, owned <laughs> and now they're having to do some instant response on this now daniel i did see a little note like where they had put in there uh remove this sold to zerodium mid 2017 <laughs> so does that mean this has been around that long or is that i don't know if it's been around that long that would be crazy because I, I was under the impression there's a very recent thing yeah so was i uh but if it's been maybe that maybe that's how long zerodium has been around or um, and they're just like, hey, baller from 2017. But that's nice. That's, that's <laughs> nice of the, the hackers to comment out their code. Though, yeah, as yeah. Well, so you can. Yeah, it's good, good of them to let us know. Appreciate that. All right, cool. So uh, basically, our phones don't work. Uh, <laughs> no web pages work. <laughs> and what was the other one? OpenSSL doesn't work. So yeah. I don't know if you knew this, Peter, but the internet is dangerous. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're going back to the dark ages yeah. this week. Fantastic. Well, uh, you know, when, when these things happen, there are consequences for these actions. Last sometimes. week we saw, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Last week we saw the the guy who tried to extort um, someone at Tesla. Uh, he got thrown in jail, and this week we have another one. So let's uh, take a look at our segment behind bars. Break the law, and you'll go to jail. Sometimes. Yeah, periodically. <laughs> uh, this one uh, comes to us from ZDNet.com, and I remember I think talking about this story a little bit ago. An IT admin with an axe to grind sent to prison for wiping Microsoft user accounts. The victim company's operations ground to a halt following the attack. And this is this is one where it's pretty easy to to quantify a uh, an actual you know number on on losses because you can say you know this is how much we generate in a day, and this company was just out of commission for this uh, this time when they, let's see, what was it? An IT consultancy firm uh, in 2018. So, man, the slow wheels of justice here <laughs> yet again. But uh, but this guy, a 32-year-old, uh, infiltrated the servers after the fact. And he was, uh, yeah, he returned back to India after he was, was let go, right? That's why this took so long. So, uh, you know, basically it was a company that had 1,500 user accounts in Office 365. Uh, they had paid an IT consultancy to come in and help migrate their user accounts into Office 365. And I guess they had this one IT admin who they got some customer complaints about, and so they fired him. Well, 
he got fired and he went, uh, he stayed in the U.S. for like a month and then went back to India where he was from. Uh, and about two months more go by. So three months after his termination, he connected in using some kind of credentials he had parked to be able to get into the Office 365 account and proceeded to delete 1,200 out of the 1,500 accounts in the system, completely eliminating email and file storage and Teams chat for this organization. I mean, basically shut it down. Uh, and like 300 so, people giving him Snickers bars yeah, every that's, day. That's like, I was wondering, is, why it, is it something like, them? <laughs> it, like those were his friends or is it easier? It's like 1,200 the max you can do in, in one move or something? Or maybe the 300 all had admin rights. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he wasn't doing a good job, right? No, so, obviously, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so anyhow, uh, he was in India, which is it's difficult to extradite someone from India, uh, but he happened to make a visit to the United States. He came back here to, I, I forget what they said he was doing, uh, we call that wedding stupid. or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So he came back to the U.S. not knowing that there was an arrest warrant out for him, and so he was arrested when he landed, and uh, so now he is being sentenced to a couple of years in jail and a $250,000 fine. I did think it was interesting that they've assessed him for $560,000 in damages, and they say that's what it cost this company to recover. And I'm thinking, in Office 365, you can just undelete... User uh, well, accounts and mailboxes. Oh, no. Last week or a couple weeks ago, we talked about the, the university in New Zealand where they wiped user the, accounts, but that was profiles, different. That was yeah. not that was not the Office 365 accounts, which correct. you could roll back. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. So in this case, these were things that were up on the server. So unless he did like one of those ultimate deletes where you know you do not recover or the user accounts came back with incorrect SIDs and you got to remap, I, I just don't see why that would cost $560,000. But maybe since they knew it was going to be assessed to him, they... You know, just paid contractors the most they wanted. Yeah, it could just be the time it took to, uh, did, to get to Did they mention again. how he did this? Like, so he was working there. Mm -hmm. He was performing poorly. He was let go. A couple months later, he decides to log in and wipe out some accounts. Does he still have credentials to this? I mean, that's poor security right So, there. not this article, but one of the other ones had indicated he had another user's credentials uh, and was able to leverage that to be able to get in and, and do this, and man. then just a PowerShell script away from wiping out those accounts. Yeah, and that, that other article, the, the one on Bleeping Computer that I had found too, it said it took them three months uh, to totally get things resolved, so that's why the costs uh, hit as high as they did. It said that uh, he has a brother working as an engineer in New York, and he applied for a visa that was approved back in December 2019 um, to come and visit him. And that's uh, that's that's why he came back. But it makes makes me wonder, I, I think I'm gonna start like a service where people can check to see, hey, do I have any outstanding warrants before, <laughs> before I'm coming back into the US. Back to the country. I don't know if that's something I can All right, I'm gonna throw an open question here. Go ahead. You've deleted 1,200 <laughs> Office 365 accounts. The punishment can be two years in jail, or the admins get to come and give you a severe ass whipping. Mm. Which one are you taking? Wait, all twelve hundred people? <laughs> no, no, just, just the, the admins. admins. Just the admins. Just like a couple of them, you know, they get to draw straws or whatever. Who gets to throw? The so first here, here's what I'd say: based on on most admins I've seen, <laughs> I'm taking the ass whipping. <laughs> but there's guys like you, Daniel. That like if, if like if you're involved, I show up. I'm like, I'm ready to do. <laughs> yeah, this. I'm like, I changed my mind and. <laughs> No takes backs. Yeah. Prison, please. I will go to prison. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I can't speak from firsthand experience, but I hear it's not very pleasant in prisons. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> That's true. Like one day of severe tail beating. Even if, yeah. even if this was the printer scene from Office Space <laughs> right. I with I'm the willing, bat, I'm, willing I'm to taking go that yeah. over. <laughs> Anthony, your choice? <laughs> if, if, if the prison is using Office 365, I wonder if they'll ask this guy for advice. A good question. Yeah, it's going to be one of those situations where he's not allowed to touch a computer for a little bit. I'm thinking yeah. so it, it'll be like uh, Shawshank Redemption, right? Instead of helping with the taxes, right, right. Uh, he's IT right. support. <laughs> but, uh, then, uh, oh, the, God. Uh, how long before there's a horrible reboot of Shawshank where uh, he's like, hey, I got you all set up on Office 365, <laughs> Warden? Uh, yeah. They kick the crap out of some oh, horrible man. rape group. <laughs> yeah. uh, we told you we want to create the accounts, yeah. not delete them. Why do you keep deleting the accounts? You know, that's a good point. Maybe it was a mistake. Yeah. Maybe he was trying to do some volunteer work. Yeah, he was remoting he's, he's in. helping out. He just, I, who hasn't done that, right? <laughs> why, I don't know why Microsoft puts that delete button right next to the ad <laughs> button. <laughs> you get a little Jiminy click it, next thing you know, there's 1,200 accounts are gone. It is yeah. so right. confusing. Uh, who hasn't done that, right? Right. right. Yeah, raise your hand. <laughs> Come on. All right. Coming well, down on this guy. Uh, got a couple things coming up that I want to let you know about. The first is uh, we have a webinar that, uh, that Don will be doing. 
that is what Linux distro is right for you. Linux in the workplace versus Linux at home to kind of help you, um, you know, go through that uh, that process and figuring out based on the, the hundreds and hundreds that are out there what uh, what would fit based on your needs. So we're going to look at that on Thursday, April 8th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. You can head over to itpro.tv slash webinars and uh, register for that one. And you can see all the past webinars as well, like the one that Daniel just did uh, on the top five CTFs to learn cybersecurity, which was a fantastic one, you and John Hammond. Thank um, you. Yeah, so that is archived and up there now as well. So you can see those uh, CTFs and uh, try those out for yourself. But Don, any hints? Uh, any any Linux distros that we're not expecting you're going to be pushing? Uh, my favorite one is uh, Windows 95. Oh, I thought you were going to say Poop OS. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's Pop OS. Yeah, Pop OS. Windows is, is open source oh, now, right, because of that? See, I'm I, all sorts I didn't even of good think ideas. I think I forgot right about here. that one. Yeah. That's like my least favorite, but it's <laughs> a good one. What was, what was the Windows version that was like kind of accidentally put out open source because somebody found it? Oh, that was XP, code? wasn't it? It was XP? Yeah, I think it was we XP. We did that article a few a little bit or, or the uh, source code to <laughs> windows xp or something yeah somebody posted the oh version. yeah there were a yeah. couple a couple versions wrapped up in that right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but that does not count as a linux version so no we'll it does tune not. in and see nope. what fits there windows 95 <laughs> yeah that's nice. my favorite linux yeah. uh and also head over to go.itpro.tv slash technado and you can get a coupon code for 30 percent off the lifetime of your personal plan you can also request a team trial and see all the cool features available for teams like the pro portal that is all at go.itpro.tv slash technado. And, of course, as I mentioned before, uh, head to go.itpro.tv slash chart and uh, get that signed for your office to let people know how long it's been since your last embarrassing chart incident. I know that uh, Anthony's already printing that out at his office right now. I can't believe it's not on the wall behind you, already, <laughs> Anthony. But uh, how long has it been for you? Uh, you know, I've, I've taken a... A rare drug that improves your rectal sampling. So it's been a long time <laughs> since I've sharded. I don't know what that yeah. has to do with hacking, but uh, <laughs> I will say that ever since I've stopped drinking as, as much coffee, uh, I think it's allowed me to focus Many on my work. Many less shard events. Yeah, because yeah. I, I think I'm just more focused. I was so jittery yeah. before. He was just like, oh, no, yeah. no I think it was a yeah. false alarm. Yeah. No, nope. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> That's the nice thing about working from home, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Is you just use the dog to you, clean up with him. You can work right through it. You know? <laughs> you can just work right through it. All right. <laughs> Anthony, this thank you. This dog smells horrible. Thank you for taking the I time and joining us today. I have not laughed this hard in a long time. Thanks so much for letting me join. Uh, yeah. We're happy to have you and uh, any time in the future. And uh, Daniel, Don, thank you as well. And thank you, Jason, uh, from earlier. Oh, yeah. And uh, check out all the cool projects he's involved in. And check us out next week because we'll see you then on Technado with Don Pizzette.